Hey, this is the Xbox Dadcast. This is a podcast about the Xbox and upcoming Series X, specifically from the eyes of a casual gaming dad. We will also talk about just general gaming topics here as well as I see fit. I am Morgan, also known as Bond Diesel. I am an Xbox fanboy, PC, semi-casual, Division 2 podcaster, husband to a lovely wife, and father to an adorable daughter. Uh, my first thing here will be to please, if you are interested in this subject, consoles in general, but especially the Xbox, uh, share with your friends, share on Twitter, especially I am at Xbox Dadcast. drop a follow and we'll go from there. On this week's episode, we will talk about the inside Xbox gameplay impressions in the fallout after that next gen info plan, uh, series X, uh, production, uh, potentially beginning, uh, the console wars are on and I'll give my thoughts on that and we'll have a few listener questions. Okay. So we're going to jump right into the news. Uh, <laughs> if you can see by my reaction, uh, we had a X, uh, Xbox inside Xbox partner gameplay stream. So, um, we knew this was coming, uh, for about a week. Uh, and it's interesting. My, my feelings, um, while watching it and then after watching it and then now are all a little bit different. I, um, I'm going to go through each of the games that we saw, uh, if you're watching the video, you see one of them right now, uh, Bright Memory Infinite, which is actually available on PC right now, by the way. I think it's, uh, I believe it's like a 30 minute game, <laughs> but still it's a, it was a good, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but okay. So the first game was Bright Memory Infinite. Um, Basically, uh, it is currently available as far as I can tell. It mostly seems like it was shown to be like a tech demo and uh, it looks like it'll be a cool little thing to fool with when the Series X comes out. Um, Not a system seller and I think that's going to be kind of the theme of this whole, uh, this show. And we'll talk about that. So the first game was Bright Memory Infinite. Looks like a cool little shooter, sword, whatever game. Uh, most of these games were A or double A games. Uh, there was, I, I, I guess, two technical triple A games. Um, but even then, you know, is what it is. So they went from Bright Memory Infinite to Dirt 5. Um Racing games aren't really my thing, personally. Uh, this one, it looked nice. It seems like they're taking advantage of some of that new raw horsepower, and um, and that's cool. Um, I think this kind of set off the whole trend with these games, where we're going to see that um, there's going to be some, some factors that we're going to deal with, right? The first-party games, they've basically promised that the Xbox Studio games are going to make their games multi-platform or cross-generational, I think, for two years is what they said. And so that's just the way that's going to be. We won't see any first-party games be Series X exclusives for two years. What I'm curious to, though, 
is how long it's going to be until we see a third party series X exclusive. Cause I bet it isn't going to be that far away. Not as far away as you think. Um, probably not at launch, but I bet within probably by the end of 2021, you'll see a triple a series X exclusive or series X and probably slash PS five exclusive. The only issue with that is that there will be, um, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, we'll talk about more of this later, but, um, when they make those, uh, next gen exclusive games, it's going to be interesting, uh, and what they do with like the SSD speeds and stuff. So we saw dirt five. If you're watching, you know, the, the, the broadcast, it's, uh, you see what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, it looks fine. It's just, it's a racing game. Racing games don't sell systems the way they used to, the way they used to. It's, these are not the days of Gran Turismo one and two anymore. Um, even early Forza, I think was actually a pretty big game when they rebooted, uh, Gran Turismo, you know, yeah. So after dirt five, we saw scorn, which is also currently showing. Um, so apparently this game has been in development for, uh, 10 or more years. Um, and there, if you look up on YouTube, there's actually gameplay from an alpha for this game. I think from three years ago, um, it's kind of like a sci-fi alien esque shooter with some, um, if you're watching this, some highly, 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 uh, sexual themes. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised they showed this at all on this inside Xbox. Um, I mean, right now I'm looking at a wiener. So, uh, if you haven't seen this trailer, it's for scorn. Um, and then there's this proboscis wiener thing with stuff dripping out and then some robots in a missionary position, you know, getting their crank on. Um, I mean, it was a, it's a cool looking game. Um, I thought it was like Warframe or something at first because of some of the, some of the aesthetic and then it got real weird and I stopped assuming it was Warframe. So, um, I mean, it, it seems interesting, I guess, uh, I'll be kind of curious to what this means, but, um, this isn't really my genre <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, but if it's stayed similar to its previous development, it's about, um, it's a first person shooter, um, in the alpha footage, the weapons you used were like organic weapons. Um, and I, some of them, I think even, I remember them like ripping the weapons out of your enemies because <laughs> they were like inside of them or something. Um, yeah. So scorn, uh, definitely an interesting, uh, thing. Um, the next game I'm kind of uh, actually a little more curious about than the other ones is Chorus. Um, it's a space flight sim-ish type of game, uh, it looks like, um, with even some kind of sci-fi, uh, not just because it's space, but some type of kind of mystical element. Um, the, the visuals look pretty good. Um, we'll kind of talk about what we should really be expecting from, you know, the visual jump between uh, this gen and last gen, but, but looks good. looks like a cool game. Um, it seems like this lady's talking to her spaceship. So that's where it gets kind of weird. Uh, but this was one that was more interesting, even though I still think these kind of flight sim slash, especially space 
flight games are still kind of uh, similar to like racing games nowadays where there's like a really dedicated fan base. Um, but it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a niche, uh, a niche thing that people get into and, and it's not really all that common. Uh, what's funny about it is here at the end of the trailer, there's a character that looks a whole lot like one of the destiny two uh, <laughs> expansion characters. So uh, I, I highly doubt they're uh, related, but we'll see. Uh, and then we went into, and this is where I'm probably gonna start deviating from the video. Then we had the, oh, Madden 21. Oh, it's gonna be on Series X. Blow my mind, I can't believe it. Um, and they had Mr. Uh, Kermit the Frog himself presenting <laughs> the the uh, the announcement. What they failed to mention uh, during this little segment. Uh, so they said, hey, yeah, there's gonna be crossplay uh, if you buy uh, Madden 21 on your Xbox one, you'll be able to, uh, do the smart enhancement or whatever. Actually, you won't do the smart enhancement. You'll just get a copy for your series X, uh, enhanced copy. Uh, but then what they quietly announced later on is that, that, uh, the only way you can do that is if you buy a series X and you like claim your series X version of Madden 21 by March of 20, uh, 2021. So, uh, it's a, uh, it's a time, a time limited deal. So if you buy Madden 21, uh, or if you don't get an Xbox series X until say like April of next year, uh, you will have to buy Madden 21 again. Um, this kind of deal is going to have to be very, 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 uh, like highly criticized by gamers, um, as we move to the series X and the PS five and so on, because, um, I'm going to go on a tangent here again, but the thing about when they made the, uh, the 360, uh, so the Xbox original Xbox and the PS two ran on X 86 CPU architecture, which is the same as your laptop or your PC. And, and those games are actually technically compatible very easily because they can run off the same CPU architecture. When the next gen came out and it was 360 and PS3, the PS3 used the cell CPU, which used a different type of CPU architecture only used by the PS3. And then the Xbox used the easy PC, or I think that's what it was called, CPU architecture, which again was only them was not the same as a PC or a laptop or something like that, that you would buy yourself. And because of that, when they, um, well, they, I, I don't remember them actually porting any games from the Xbox or the PS2 to the PS3. Um, except the PS3 did have the ability to play PS2 games at launch. And it was only the 60 gig, I believe. 60 and 20 maybe there are versions all i know is that years after the ps3 came out you um would have to pay a pretty penny for a ps3 that would play ps2 games because i believe what they essentially did was that ps3 had a miniature ps2 inside it basically um and that's how it would play ps2 games but because of the different cpu architectures um, they couldn't play natively so then when the Xbox one and PS four came out, they went back to X 86 architecture. And so what happened was you had the typical architecture for the original Xbox and PS two, a completely, you know, 
uh, proprietary architecture for PS3 and Xbox 360, and then back to X x86, the typical for the Xbox One and PS4, and you're and they're staying with that x86 for PS5 and Xbox Series X and so on. And so the reason that it's so insane for them to charge you again for a game that works on the Xbox One, uh, you know, when they went from the 360 to the Xbox One, in theory, they had to port that game and make it work in a, on a completely different architecture. And so charging for the new game it essentially was a new, it was a different game, different skew, right? The problem is, is that between the Xbox One and the Series X, it is there's no there's no reason to do that there's no in my opinion acceptable excuse to charge people to play a game on the series x that you already own on the one um when the xbox one x came out and the ps4 pro uh, i'm not aware of any games that charge people to get that 4k resolution uh, I was playing Division One a whole bunch, and that game had been out for a while, and its development was essentially over when the when the One X came out. And within, I want to say it was six to nine months after the One X came out, the Division One put out a patch that would let you run Division One at 30 FPS, horribly, um, but in 4K, and it looked really good. It looked incredible. It was awesome. Um, and they didn't charge for it. And I'm not aware of any Xbox One X enhanced game that you had to pay extra. Um, you especially didn't have to buy the game again because that's insane. So the problem is, is that moving from the One X or, or just the Xbox One in general to the Series X should be the same process. Uh, there's no reason for any company to charge extra. Um, there's some argument that to make the games compatible with an SSD, which will probably take some work, um, and to make the games compatible um, with the, like, I guess, ray tracing, tracing. I don't think many existing games are going to do that, but if they do, there's some work, obviously, to put into it, but it's mostly a resolution bump and uh, in, in a settings bump. So the fact that Madden, of course, it's EA, is going to probably charge people potentially full price, at least an upgrade fee, quote unquote. Um, is pretty insane and i i think any any publisher who does that is going to need to get um, attacked heavily and i'm sure ea will i don't know how many people all of the commentators uh, all the gaming commentators were so stuck on um you know the the kind of mediocre presentation that uh that ea thing hasn't gotten much uh, attention yet but it will and when it does uh, you'll know it uh, after the Madden presentation, which looked like the same game it's always been, uh, they had Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. This game is super funny because I remember the first game. I never played it, but I know people liked it. So I know people are excited about this sequel. Um, the problem is, is it's a real uh, hit or miss on how people felt about that announcement because the people who liked the first game were pumped about a new one. The people who didn't care about it or didn't know about the first game um, were just ripping on how awful the graphics looked. Um, and they do look really bad. Like they don't, they barely look acceptable for like an Xbox One, in my opinion. Um, now, this particular thing did bring up a subject I'm going to talk about later, 
Um, but there, there was a person on Twitter who set a graphical comparison between Vampire the Masquerade 2 on Series X and uh, The Last of Us 2 on uh, PlayStation 4, not even the 5. So the problem with that comparison is that, one, we haven't seen any actual release. Uh, that you know, We don't have any release footage of The Last of Us 2 on any system because it's not out yet. Uh, the other issue is that that's a premier top two or three uh, game for the Sony platform. So it's obviously going to look better than most other games. And last, uh, Vampire the Masquerade 2 is going to look just as crappy on the PS5. Uh, it's just a crappy looking game. <laughs> it's from a, I assume what that's like a double A game, I guess is what you would call that. Um, so that comparison is kind of rough, but because they decided to put it into this trailer, they invited that comparison. Uh, so if you're into that, there you go. The next game was Call of the Sea, which uh, it's an adventure F, uh, first person shooter, I guess, first person perspective game um, that ha- that the trailer had kind of a feeling of like Firewatch or The Long Dark to me, um, which I like both of those games. So um that seems like it'll be pretty cool and the nice thing about that is that it's supposed to be on game pass on release a few of these games were like that and that was uh, actually kind of exciting um the next game was the ascent which i think was the game that i actually walked away uh the most excited about so it's like a top-down shooter type of game that seemed like kind of like a cyberpunk plus uh, diablo uh this is the one I was the most excited about. The aesthetic was cool. Just the uh, the way it played just looked like it was kind of chunky, kind of meaty, which is how I like my games. And um, that's the one I'm actually the most excited about. So you know, definitely check that one out. Uh, the next one is actually I've caught up here to the video is The Medium. So it had kind of a weird um, kind of sci-fi thriller horror type of feel to it. Um, it reminded me kind of like a the upside down, uh, and stranger things, uh, you have a lady who's pregnant and they're scanning her belly. Um, and then in the trailer, it's showing her going from like the normal world to this weird burning, crazy looking world. Um, if it reminds me of, um, you know, like the, the type of games where it's the idea of, you know, because she was pregnant, she's in, in between two different worlds. Um, so I'm kind of curious about that one. Uh, the thing is uh, about the trailer is uh, I don't know if it's like a first person game, if it's a third person game, I don't know if it's a point and click adventure. So, um, you know, that, that kind of came down to some of the other criticisms of this whole show is uh, we didn't see any actual gameplay from it, but it did look kind of cool. Uh, the next game they showed us uh, was... Uh, actually, as I say that now, they are actually showing some gameplay of, uh, I forgot about that, the medium. So it looks like it's going to be a third person kind of adventure game where, yeah, your, uh, your perspective from the real world to the crazy, scary, burning world goes back and forth. That actually looks pretty damn cool. Uh, then there was Scarlet Nexus. Uh, so here's the way I'm going to describe this and the best I can for how it affects me. Uh, and this is what I wrote on my notes some bandai namco shit that makes no sense to me so this is probably a big deal for people who care about it um it looks kind of neat i guess um 
one thing that was funny about this trailer is it uh in the corner it said gameplay as series x is expected to look <laughs> so i assume they didn't have like a series x um uh like development box to record this footage on so they set the computers to basically probably be similar to what the series x will show um i don't know this game it's got some like plant monsters and some anime characters chopping them up if that's your if that's your deal awesome that's super cool not mine so i'll just move on um the the next game they're gonna show is second extinction it's a dinosaur shooting first person shooter with lots of graphic dinosaur dismemberment um it kind of like a torok kind of type of thing that's what i thought it was when the trailer was showing um i don't know it looks like it's gonna be some kind of double a single a shallow game that you'll buy for 15 bucks and play for 20 minutes but I guess it showed off some graphical prowess, sort of, kind of. Um, the, the then we came to the last two games, which I would say are the true like AAA um, experiences we got. Uh, the Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, I've never played these games; it's not my jam, but I do know they're a big deal. I believe this game is either already out in Japan or is already. Um, I think the big deal about this is the fact that it's going to be on uh, the Series X first for the next gen, like graphics and stuff. But um, I think Xbox has been trying to dig into the Japanese market for a really long time. And so I suspect this was uh, this is one of their kind of slight attempts at something like that. Uh, but if you're into that, there you go. Should be fun. Uh, and then we finished up the show. Um, <laughs> with assassin's creed valhalla so um the day before they dropped a trailer for or what the week before or whatever they dropped a trailer said hey during the inside xbox show you're gonna see the first next gen gameplay of uh, assassin's creed valhalla you know awesome sounds super fun uh then the that came at the end of the show and it was, I don't know, a minute of quote unquote gameplay, uh, where it was mostly trailer stuff that we had seen before, plus a very short and small amount of, I guess, gameplay shot from like a cinematic angle. Um, it didn't really look that good. And if you want me to be totally honest, I wasn't super impressed by it. Um, and, and this one's interesting because, uh, for full clarity, I was a, um, I, I was a, uh, Ubisoft, uh, 2018 star player and I was able to go to E3. Uh, I did it for the division. Uh, I was a big fan of the division one was very active with doing things uh, on social media and streaming and podcasts like this, obviously. Um, and I love Ubisoft. I think they do a lot of really great things. Uh, unfortunately, they also don't learn from mistakes very well, and they have a habit of doing the same things over and over again. And, uh, what I would throw out is that this whole deal with the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 
uh, trailer being kind of underwhelming, uh, I think has a lot to do with the fact that uh, this was some Ubisoft shit, <laughs> if you want my honest opinion, uh, where it was like, they're like the kings of hype. They, they are so good at hype. They love hype. Uh, their, their hype. Their hype game is almost second to none. The problem is, is that their follow through game typically isn't uh, from being a big division two fan as well. Uh, you know, they, they, they basically always have something big and new coming and almost every time that the announcement comes, uh, it's not really that exciting. And that's what happened here. Um, I I'm sure, I'm sure Valhalla is going to be great. Uh, but I really think that if this Valhalla trailer at the end of this would have been even like five minutes of actual gameplay of perspective of the player running through, you know, a short part of a mission and culminating with something really cool, it probably would have saved this whole presentation. People still would have been like, eh, a lot of those games didn't really look next gen, but I still think it would have ended on like, a, oh, cool. That looks great. Instead, it turned into what we saw that trailer already <laughs> like um and and then yeah so my thoughts on it i mean the the kickback on this has been that it it was kind of the first oof of of the of the series x uh, reveal right um it started off uh, you know they've been doing really well i think for the whole like last year basically of presenting information really well and, and, uh, and, and doing things the right way. The problem is that they, uh, they, they, they kind of overhyped this a bit. They, they have apologized since and said, Hey, we know you guys expected more. We'll learn from that and make sure that the following shows, you know, uh, maybe hit expectations a little better. Um, I don't think they needed to apologize. It was fine. There was some cool stuff in this, it's just if 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 they wanted the first look at the next gen to like really get people hyped, this maybe should have just been like, yeah, we're gonna show some stuff instead of like, it's the first next gen, you know, like that kind of set. I think the wrong expectation, um, and it definitely didn't deliver. So, um, it's fine. I I mean, I'm excited about it. So, you know, we'll go from there. But I think Valhalla there at the end, they really we really could have used seeing some cyberpunk. We could have really used seeing some, you know, some other third party games that for me, like with Assassin's Creed, I wish that Ubisoft would have taken a moment to do like a quick, like reel of all the games that they have that are going to have series X patches. So for me, I'm super biased here, but you know, show me that we're going to get a division two, uh, series X patch. Show me that we're going to get rainbow six each patch. Show me this and show me you know, all these other games for heaven forbid we get a breakpoint series x patch but i hope we do for the people who care about that game um but that would have been great and, and even just to see that in general if they would have done a 30 second thing at the end just quickly showing like little screenshots of all the different games that we're going to get in series x like that would have been so cool and that but that's not what we got so kind of an oof we'll wait for i'll i'll be excited for june i hope that they learn their lesson from this one and uh and we'll go from there so uh the next big subject we had this week was uh the, their announcement of a the next generation announcement schedule so in a xbox blog they revealed that there's going to be a new xbox 2020 show uh 20 slash 20 it was very clever i think uh, to reveal the rest of the information about the system and the games uh, and all that. And every month until launch. Um, 
it sounds like the big one is going to be July, uh, where they're going to do, that's going to be the show for the first party, uh, Xbox studios. So we'll probably get our first glimpse of what halo infinite actually is. We'll probably get some more, uh, hellblade two um, footage and, and, and hopefully gameplay. Um, and I would say there's going to be a bunch of stuff from all these studios that we're going to see more of, uh, if they can have like cool gameplay from infinite halo, something cool from hellblade and like two things that we don't know about yet that like get people super hyped. That's a successful show. Um, so that sounds like it's the one to be really excited about. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'll absolutely be covering it. Uh, and then the last bit here, um, I think may actually play into why we didn't see cyberpunk during this partner show. Maybe we'll see, uh, a tweet was sent out, uh, stating that the upcoming cyberpunk 2077 would be, uh, on Xbox, Xbox game pass. Uh, and this was according to the Xbox Portugal official account. Um, they, they, after that deleted it and said it was a mistake and said it, the tweet was supposed to be about the cyberpunk Xbox controller. Uh, that gives me a big turn of the head and kind of confused eyes. Um, so this can go multiple ways, right? It genuinely was a mistake or, um, Microsoft is going to drop some fat cash uh, to CD project red some fat cash and say, Hey, we, um, we want to have your giant super anticipated game on game pass and people can pay a few bucks a month to play it all they want. Uh, that would be a system selling move in my opinion. Um, the only issue I have is that this is gonna, if it, if they do it, when it comes out, it will be after it'll be before the series X comes out. So you kind of run into a weird thing there where, uh, if cyberpunk doesn't come out the same time as the series X, then you don't really get that system selling thing from something like this. I don't know. I am more, hopeful that this may actually happen. And I think a lot of people are, or should be, this isn't going to happen. Right. But I'm still, I'm going to hold out hope until it doesn't. Okay. So, uh, getting into some speculation and the opinion part of this all. Uh, so the, uh, inside Xbox response, um, I think they that show was what they said it was going to be um if you go back and look at their announcement of it it said there'd be some gameplay which there was and some some sneak peeks and things like that the way that they actually presented this show if you read that and then watch the show it fit right they, they weren't saying that they weren't hyping it up as much as you know people were maybe ubisoft did uh and and so on um, and, and because of that, I think that there was a bit of overhype with it. Now that said, it is still one of the first events of the next gen. And even if they didn't overhype it, they still had to have realized that this was like a big moment for a lot of people who pay attention to this stuff. 
but what I will say, and I think what people need to keep in mind is that there, there's a large number of people with large voices who literally have like careers built on waiting for these type of moments. Um, I love the dudes, but like a channel like Layman Gaming, um, who is like kind of skill ups. I guess some people would call it a news channel. I consider it a a comedy channel that kind of gives some news and has a pretty strong bias uh, in ways. Um, you don't pretend you, you don't play Uber driver for a bunch of Sony first party devs and then act like that. You'll have any bias in my opinion, but uh, th this show was basically perfect for people who were looking for Xbox to have a misstep because from a, kind of objective point of view it was okay right but from a critical point of view or like if you're if you're looking for a, a mistake to be made you can say like oh hey look xbox sucks <laughs> they're all their games blow look how awful this presentation was you know so i uh i think that gets to a weird spot where i think people can be a little kind of cross-eyed about it with like well, you're still talking about it because there's nothing to talk about from the other side right now. But you know, that just kind of is what it is. I, um, I, again, I don't think the show was awful. It could have been worse. I promise. Um, it was probably the best inside Xbox they've ever done. Like, that's the funny thing about it is that compared to all of the other ones, it was incredible in my opinion. Um, but it didn't quite bring the pain the way they needed to. And the June, July, I assume in August one, probably a September one um, needs to make sure that they either clarify what it's going to be really well or really bring the hype, um, especially because I think this was the last thing Xbox was going to do basically without an answer from PS five. Um, they might get their June inside Xbox out before PS five does their first big thing. Um, but I doubt it. And it, I think that this was their chance to like, I think that this should have been their first party show because before Sony has really given us any more big information, they could have, they could have had that spotlight before Sony was able to, and then they could have reinforced that spotlight as time went on. But instead they gave us a bunch of single and double A games. So is what it is, I guess. Okay. Um, there are some rumors right now. Uh, I was kind of seeing people talk about that. The series X is already being, uh, is already in production, which it should be. That makes complete sense because, um, if, especially if, if their, uh, availability numbers are going to be as good as they seem to think they will be, they have to start production now. I mean, the hardware on these things has probably been finalized for a year, right? I'm sure that they've known, like what was going to be in the system for a while. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and we'll have to kind of, you know, just wait and see if they make any like official announcements, they may show the first, you know, actual production series X in a tweet or something. The, um, on kind of in that vein, uh, there, uh, there's some rumors also going around that the Lockhart or the series S uh, may not be around for a while. I, that's kind of what I've predicted for a while. I think if there is a series S or a 
a different model, a different skew of the se- of the new Xboxes, I would expect it to probably not come out until like late 2021. Um, I think that they will try to give the Series X a whole year of some type of exclusivity. Um, but that's just my my guess. Uh, and then the final thing before I get to the, the listener questions is um, uh, th- there's a lot of uh, quote unquote console war uh, conversations happening right now and a lot of commentary on console war conversations. Um, and, and I think that they, they need to, uh, you know, there can be fun. I'm going to poke fun at PS5 a little bit here and there. But my my actual opinion is that uh, the, the obviously PS4 or Sony just just slaughtered Xbox in the current gen, um, and and the reason I think that's worth talking about is because um, I think that's really bad for video games, uh, for PC players even, right? Because Sony was able to kind of get lazy in a way and not have to innovate and and be able to be the last one up to talk about things like crossplay and things like that um because who's compete who are they competing with they're not competing with nintendo even though nintendo's blowing them out of the water too because they're just murdering everyone because the switch is like its own thing um but they didn't even have to like worry about xbox basically in this gen they, they just um, you know, Xbox set themselves up so badly at the beginning or during the announcement phase, uh, and then you know never really recovered by having the expensive system with the Connect, by you know the stupid DRM announcement. Even though they rescinded it, the damage was done. Um, the always online stuff, the same thing, and then the game issue. You know, Halo Five not being that great and you know not having very many system seller games i would argue that gears 5 is actually in that category even though it's not a game i care about but you know they um they, there, there wasn't a console for this gen it was you know ps playstation you know wiped the floor with them on top of the fact that they have all these first parties that are incredible but what at the end of the day for me like the I, I I hope that Xbox does a lot better. One, because I like the Xbox. I like the controller more. I like the ecosystem more. That's just my preference. But especially because if Sony actually has competition this time, they're going to have to push a lot harder and not kind of rest on their laurels the way I think they kind of are right now. I think the perfect evidence is how they've announced the PS5 so far by essentially not, you know, other than some kind of weird tactics that they've used. So, um, so don't get involved. It's so weird. I've tried to start paying attention to other like Xbox creators and stuff like that. And literally it seems like all of them spend way more time quote tweeting PS five fans and starting drama than just talking about the dang system. (laughs) Um, and that's a bummer because there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. And if you, if you're a PS five hater or whatever, they don't have a lot to talk about. So just let them be sad or whatever. I don't know. I'm not probably going to buy a PS five, but I hope it does really well. Cause I hope it pushes Xbox to keep doing well. And the last thing I'll say on this little subject is nothing though. In my opinion about the console wars is nearly as cringy <laughs> as the PC master race stuff. There, there was an admittedly kind of funny post today by uh, the PCMR Twitter account 
where it was joking about, you know, SSDs come in like nine years late or whatever to the systems. My issue with the whole PC Masteries thing is I have a nice PC. I'm very happy with it. I can play basically anything right now and play at pretty good specs. Um, I still prefer console just because of the ease and for lots of reasons. Um, but I think that there sometimes is a little bit uh, of, of like an arrogance from that, from the PC. I, I think that that drone, that, that stuff is way worse because it's to me like an inferiority complex because I hope most PC players realize that if the consoles didn't exist, uh, the, the, the gaming landscape would be rough because there's not too many companies that are going to be able to make a profit and stay open, only making games for PC. Um, obviously there's a few who do really well games that are primarily PC or only PC, but not very many. It's very few. And the gaming landscape would be much more bleak if it depended 100% on computer, uh, you know, PC players. So, uh, you know, there's always going to be that crowd that's the, well, I can make a $500 PC that's better than any Xbox or PlayStation. At the end of generations, that's absolutely true. I definitely don't think that's going to be true for the, the Series X and PS5, at least not for a while, especially with these SSDs and stuff. But even if it is true, the, the thing is that just has to be realized is, you know, play, the PC players should be begging for the consoles to be even better than they've ever been, especially Xbox, because they actually put their games on PC. PlayStation supposedly is going to. I'll believe it when I see it. Supposedly Horizon, uh, maybe God of War maybe is rumored to be coming. I'll believe it when I see it. It'll probably happen, but PC players should be rooting for Xbox real hard, at least in my opinion. Okay, we will jump into a couple questions here. The first one is from Shami Soul on Discord. If you want to ask questions, you can ask them on the Twitter account at Xbox Dadcast or at Bon Diesel. You can also ask in the YouTube or in my Discord. Uh, Shami Soul says, a good show today. If you turn an eye uh, on that quote unquote gameplay that they had on the title, that said, uh, did you like what you saw? Did any of the games pique your interest? Um, I personally like the Ascent, Bright Memory, and Scarlet Nexus. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Ascent for sure. Um, I was Chorus, uh, the Space Shooter. I, I'd be willing to keep an eye on, um, and the Medium and Call of the Sea. I, I would say are the ones, but the Ascent is definitely the one I'm the most kind of kind of curious about. Um, the second part of Shami's question was. Um, what can be done to do a, uh, to do better in their next show in June and July for first party baby? <laughs> um, I think June is actually probably going to be a hardware focus is my guess. They haven't said that. So I'm guessing, but my, my assumption is they're gonna, they're going to do a deep dive on the system, on the controller, maybe some other peripherals. There's rumors of like a headset and some other stuff. Um, you know, talking about maybe how things from the Xbox one are going to work on the series X and vice versa. Uh, maybe even some more talk about, you know, the, the cross generational stuff that has been a bit convoluted for people. Um, I think June is going to be a deep dive on the system, um, which I think is fine, but my guess is that they're going to take an L in June. Uh, I bet PS five is going to have some huge announcements and then you're going to have all of the other leftover E3 talk that would have happened during E3 from Ubisoft and EA and Activision. You know, all these companies are going to have their shows. So, um, 
I suspect that June may be a focus on stuff that we mostly already know, maybe some new info because they know that they're probably going to get drowned out. But then July, like I said before, I think July needs to be maybe a, a, a sort of deep dive on Hellblade, a sort of deep dive on Halo Infinite, um, a sort of deep dive on probably a new Gears game and Forza. Um, and then I think that there need to be a couple games that just people are like, what you're doing that? Like whether or not it's like a, you know, a perfect dark, or if it's, you know, some other reboots fable, you know, I think would be a big one. Um, they need to really show something about Everwild. It's getting compared to, um, the, the, the Zelda game, the breath of the wild. If it's really something like that, they need to show it. And cause I'll be super hyped about that. I would, that, that game's aesthetic looks so cool to me. Um, so that's what I think July needs to be to kind of regain the hype. Uh, and then the second question was from uh, Jernsom NL, uh, my my Netherlands friend on Discord. Um, I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, what is your dream job? So if I were to say gaming, um, like gaming wise, my dream job at this point, I honestly don't know because a few years ago I would have said to be like a community manager for like a, a gaming platform, like Xbox or something, or even for a game specifically, I always wanted to be a division two uh, community dev. Uh, but then now a few years later, uh, watching how all of that really seems to be. And after having conversations with a lot of people who do that, uh, not just for uh, division, but mostly for division. Uh, no, no, thank you. My dream job would maybe to be like a story writer, like to, to write uh, like narrative and games. Um, I think that'd be kind of fun. My concern is that I am not creative enough to do that. If I ever got into that, it would definitely be, um, I have a, I don't want to say like an encyclopedic knowledge of military things, um, but I have a significant interest in like military and wars and just military tech in general, especially in the world war two area. But even in the modern day, um, I just think that stuff is so cool. And, um, I think writing stories involving that stuff, even if they're fiction, I still think would be a lot of fun. So if I, if I had to pick a dream job in gaming, it would probably be like narrative because don't want to be a calm dev. I'm too dumb to do the programming. Um, I don't want to be a streamer or a YouTuber full time. That's a nightmare. You have to sell your soul for that shit. I've determined at this point you can't, it's no way. Maybe being a full-time podcaster, maybe that would be my dream, but, uh, yeah. So, but otherwise, um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, not in the salary department, but basically in every other one, I kind of have my dream job. I, um, I'm a social worker. I'm going to kind of leave it at that, but um, I help people. Uh, people thank me. They seem that, you know, they, they like what I do for them. Um, I get to pick my own hours. Essentially. I get paid well enough to have a nice living for myself and my family. Um, I, I don't know. Other than that, I wanted to be a cop for a long time, but that stuff's gotten too crazy. I'm no, no, thank you. And I'm a little too chubby for that these days. Um, I always kind of wanted to be a teacher, but my wife is a teacher. And after hearing her stories, um, I would want to be a teacher, uh, for the wrong reasons, because, uh, in my brain, uh, I would only be teaching kids who want to learn and care about what I'm saying. Uh, and since that's not the reality, hard pass. Uh, other than that, uh, I think maybe I would like to get a degree at some point where I can do like, 
Uh, I work for a nonprofit right now, so I've considered getting a, uh, a, a master's in business and potentially having kind of like a, a larger impact on, um, on some nonprofit or, or something like related to what I do now in some capacity, but we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait for that. Uh, but thanks for the questions. I do appreciate it. Like I said, feel free to ask your own. And I always do try to reach out for those questions. And that's where we're going to wrap this show up. So if you listened all the way through, thank you very much. Uh, please take a moment to rate this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it. If you're on YouTube, please leave a comment. Uh, give me some of your thoughts or your feedback. If you want to support the show um, or my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. Uh, supposedly I stream going to try to jump on tomorrow if I have time, but it's mother's day. So I gotta be careful. <laughs> um, and that's over on, um, twitch.tv slash bond diesel. Uh, you can actually, you can also catch me on Twitter as at bond diesel or at Xbox dadcast. That's why I have this week until we meet again, be good and game on.